Hello, hello, we are live with the Christian artist, and we don't have a topic. So we decided to uh, completely berate our listeners um, over and over again until they gave us topics. We pretended that it was a Q&A, but really we just didn't have any ideas. Um, but we're here, and... Yes. We're we're ready to pretend like we know things, so let's do it. <laughs> wow, you really sold us there. I know, yeah. Plus, you totally messed up our cold open. Of course, yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew that basically as soon as it happened. Yep. This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. My name is Carly. And the lag is real today, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Woo! it's all good it's all good um so uh we are going to be um answering some questions you got you got q's we got a's that's right that's oh that's what we're gonna do that's what we're gonna do here today um (laughs) so we have we have two um legit questions um so far um that we can spend some time talking about um, and I have a feeling that we'll end up getting a couple more depending, um, cause we, we can also look at the, uh, at the chat. Um, if you guys are in chat, if you have a question for us, please feel free to just shoot us a message in chat right now. And we will try to answer your question as long as it's like an actual question and you're not just like messing with us. Um, right, and be very, very afraid about saying anything slightly or sarcastic because you might get banned. You might from get banned chat, like because is that's, I guess that's just going to be the joke now, <laughs> I guess. Um, I would let you guys all know that Caleb did publicly apologize to Noah Bender. I did. I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to all that stuff, um, you may be wondering why haven't we been streaming live for two weeks in a row? Um, and that's because lots of reasons um so yeah the last last two weeks we we streamed um we did uh uh premieres of sermons that connor had done for the youth group yeah i I premiered as as in like they were streamed live um but they were obviously not live because it was a recording from a long time ago right um so it's not really live but like you could that was the first time that it was released is on twitch Mm -hmm. played live um, and so if you check that out, uh, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if not, you know, they're still, they're still out there on the YouTube channel and on, um, on the regular audio podcast on the website. Um, but so if you didn't enjoy it, listen to it again. Yeah. And then no, just, enjoy it because yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but, uh, we, um, the, the reason we did, we didn't have regular episodes in the last two weeks when we had those filler episodes, um, is, uh, because, you know, various things were happening. Mm-hmm. We just, um, didn't end, end up working to, to do this live on Monday. Two weeks ago, we, um, uh, we all got together for a video chat and watched, uh, a live stream of Andrew Peterson, who's, was doing a, like, a living room concert, um, streamed live, and that was really fun. We all got to hang out and listen to that. Dude, we were vibing. It was great. Well, are you really using that word now? Is that a thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure I dig it, honestly. Uh, um, no. Dude, I think that word slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if I end up coughing at any point during the stream. If I do, I'll try to, like, figure out if I can mute myself quick. Um, I've been coughing like crazy. Um, but, uh, uh, and then last week, 
we uh um we were free but carly was that you were at the theology camp already yeah. that was the that was the thing right carly yeah yeah okay yeah yep um yep and so um Carly was off doing fun stuff, and uh, and so we just ended up doing that. Um, so actually, we do want to kind of start off the uh, episode with Carly telling us a little bit about yes, exactly. the theology right. camp that she I was going to segue to that, but you didn't let me. So well, you fine. took too long. Okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> so, Carl, how was it? Tell us about it. Um. Yeah. So I went to uh, this <laughs> the whole time we were all just like, we didn't know what to call it because it wasn't really like a right. camp, but it wasn't like summer school either. It was kind of mm-hmm. in between. But um, I went to uh, Northwest University's summer journey, um, and it was amazing. Um, every Pretty much every day we had um, at least two teachings, which were basically like maybe a little over an hour long like lectures from professors at the university and other like guest speakers. And, um, and then we had like small group times after that and we had meals on campus and stayed in the dorms and we had services at night and in the middle of the trip, we went camping cool. and did a hike and whitewater rafting and it was amazing and I loved it so much. <laughs> what? Cool. And I made a lot of friends and I cried a lot today thinking about leaving, <laughs> but. Oh, yay. Oh no, that's 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 good to have those like happy cry moments where you're like, oh man, that was so great, but oh no, it's no it's sadness. Yeah, I feel that. That's the kind of like sadness that I live for. That's sad. <laughs> not a happy kind of sad. <laughs> no, happy kind of sad, right? Like no, the... not for me. Oh, I think that that's not yeah. a happy kind of sad. Oh okay. Yeah. Well. Oh. And Carly apparently agrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, wow. So I, I posted in chat and asked if the levels were good because um, I, I wasn't entirely sure. And, and Chase just stopped. Said terrible. Just stop the podcast now and watch my hero. <laughs> I can't chase. There's no more new episodes oh, yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's Chase. So uh, I do want to say, so we're, we are going to get to some questions here, but I do want to say I really do hope that you appreciated the sermons. I mm-hmm. did, you know, I, I I don't know. I just, you did it I, you. I was, well. It's not true. Well, it's not true. I did it for the youth group. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I, I made a made a, a sarcastic remark about it when we talked about it earlier. I just, I really hope that it was uh, very informative and helpful in personal growth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know that making the sermons was very helpful to me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you listening to them. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's one more of those that we have recorded, right? Mm-hmm. That we which can is have my for favorite a... of all. Which I don't feel like I'm I'm like. <laughs> stuttering the entire time which is <laughs> right. really cool yeah so I and we approve. we have that in the back in the backlog um when i can get that whenever you know we have the next time we have a, a filler week um that we we are not doing a regular live stream i will put that up for you guys um but uh but yeah so let us know how we're doing in general i mean we, I, I feel like doing this q a has is like cue me back into like the fact that like i really like listener interaction and um <laughs> 
it's it's well, that's the thing right like my like my love language is words of affirmation um and so honestly like that's one of the the biggest things for me um when i'm like doing creative projects like this is um it's really nice to hear feedback and right. so if you do have anything to say um uh please like send us a comment send us a, a question or, or anything like that um, we definitely appreciate those yes. um because i you know just recently um i got a, a, a twitter dm from um from a uh, a listener of the podcast and here let me see if i can find uh her like handle um and we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about one of her questions but i just want to make shout out her handle real quick um but it's um it's abby miller at abby underscore miller 18 on twitter um she sent me a, a twitter dm and was like asking uh, hey as you know is this oh, a, hey, uh, i know her okay do you do know her okay hey. w- were you responsible for getting yeah. her to listen to the podcast I think so. Okay. <laughs> so never mind. Everyone who listens to the podcast <laughs> is because of Carly. Um, or because we know them and, and we got them to listen to Connor, it. Connor, do you think that they still listen because of us or because of Carly? It's all because of Carly. That's it's what I'm saying. Carly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, it was really cool to, to get uh, to get a DM from her. And, you know, she had a, a question and uh like a, a topic suggestion for the podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna t- uh, talk talk about that today because um, it wasn't wasn't necessarily one that we would need to do a whole episode on, um, but definitely something we can talk about. Um, and so I figured it would work great for this because we can only had one other question anyway. Um, and me completely failing, of course, uh, I forgot to I posted on Twitter about the Q and A that we were doing, but I forgot to post on Facebook about the Q and A we were doing. Yeah. And that's honestly where most of my most friends. Are on. They might have might have asked something, but uh, and of course fine, Chase just fine. wrote on chat and said he's only here because of Carly as well. So can you read that? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. That. I cannot read that from this distance. Maybe my eye. I think my eyes are going or something. I think there's what? something wrong with me. I'm getting old. Um, Almost made an eyes out. What joke? You could have. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, do you have any like fun anecdotes to share with us about theology camp, Carly? Um, when we were camping, um, the guys decided to prank the girls and Sounds use a portable right. speaker uh, to make bear sounds. Terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh so that yeah, that fun. sounds like something. I just wanted to sleep. Uh, teenage flirting. Uh, what a what a what a blast from the past, right there. What a terrible, no. terrible, ungodly time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah. So did you did you learn any mind blowing things that you need to share that you would like would like to share with the listeners? Um, not any like like new things like it just kind of reinforced things that i already knew we talked a lot about like um god's story through the bible and beyond the bible and how our lives are part of god's story Mm -hmm. and so we talked a lot at the end about like vocation and um what god calls people to do and how it's not always just like oh you feel called towards some kind of ministry therefore you must be a pastor it's like there's a lot of different ways where you can Mm -hmm. do that and yeah, it was it was really cool. I loved listening to the professors so much. <laughs> cool. It's really exciting. Awesome. Uh well 
Connor and I don't have any exciting things to share about what we were doing. We were basically just watching anime the whole time, honestly. What? Come on, man. I Connor, have a life. think about how much anime that you've watched in the last two weeks. Not a lot. You've Not watched lot. two whole seasons of My Hero Academia. That's... Connor, <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's only 40. Not bad. 40 26 minute episodes, Connor. That adds 22 up. 22 minute episodes. You skip the intro. You skip the intro? <gasps> Sorry. Kidding. That's fine. <laughs> okay, this is completely unimportant. Well, we should get to the first question. Okay, I guess. Never mind. I was just trying to you know, relate to the listeners and. Oh, okay. Fine. Here we go. Hannah Jacobs and Jessica Jacobs and two of our go. listeners just recently graduated, and their graduation parties were on Saturday, and that's where I was the entire day. So that was fun. So congrats to you two. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats. I apologize. I couldn't have been there uh, because I had to film a wedding and get paid four hundred dollars to film a wedding. Um, Share the load. Yeah, nope. And wise games, you would say. <laughs> Share the load. About half of that money is going to go to be skydiving. So. Oh, well, okay. Because <laughs> apparently skydiving is really expensive. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, so um, which uh, which question do we want to tackle first? Um, Abby's question or Micah's question? Well, you already introduced Abby, so might as okay. well. Okay, yeah, we can start with that one. Um, so uh, Abby was wondering about Mormons. Um, so she her, her main question was like, why do Mormons believe in a false prophet and why don't they want to convert? Ah. Um, and like, yeah, we're like just that general conversation about Mormons. And so, um, I mean, that's something that I've been learning recently about. Um, and I'm sure that I know that you have, Carly. Um, Carly read an entire book about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's something that we can probably talk about. Um, so where do I want to start? Should I'm just... kind of looking to the expert on the situation. <laughs> well, so the the question is, oh, why do Mormons <laughs> believe in a false prophet? Um, and why don't they want? Why, why don't they want to convert? Right, very like good so. Question. Right, so the question, right, like is um. So Mormons would consider themselves Christians, right? They're, they they consider themselves part of the Christian mm -hmm. community. Um, but um, we, as Orthodox Christians, um, don't believe that. And I mean, that's an important thing that if you if you don't know, like about Mormonism, uh, that that's something to know right off. It's a false gospel. Um, it's not it's not true Christianity. It's it's not um, it's 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 some it's not it's a false church. It's not if you are in a Mormon church. Um, you're under false teaching. And that doesn't mean that people who are in Mormonism can't have been, had a, you know, true conversion experience and, and come to faith in Jesus Christ. But if they're growing in the faith, then they would eventually leave the Mormon church. Um, and so uh, the main thing about Mormonism is that um, they, like most false uh, teachings, um, they add to the gospel. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not just the grace of Jesus Christ. It's not just um, salvation through uh, through faith alone or by grace alone through faith alone. Um, uh, it's you are saved by God's grace after all that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like a more or less mm -hmm. a direct quotation from some yeah. Mormon teaching. I can't remember. <laughs> I know wow. it's I know that's an actual quotation, but I don't remember exactly right. where it's from. Um but uh, yeah, so basically, um, Mormons are very works focused. Um, they have a lot that they have to do to be worthy of salvation, um, and they spend a lot of their life trying to 
do do penance, do works to um, to, to somehow merit salvation. And so their belief is that as long as you you try the hardest that you can at the end of your life, God's grace will fill in the rest. Um, but that's obviously not the gospel. Um, that's that's not what uh, true Christianity mm-hmm. is. And so we have a problem um, because um, you know we have a false gospel. We have a false means of, of attaining salvation. Um, it's a false Jesus because mm-hmm. Jesus is. Um, only Jesus when he did what he said he did um, according to the, the teachings of of, uh, of whatever sect that we're, we're looking at. Um, and if, if that sect has a different Jesus, has a different way of attaining salvation, Jesus didn't do what he said he did, then he's not the Jesus of the Bible. Um, uh, does anyone else want to jump in with, with other um, tidbits here? Because I could just keep going. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the lag. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, um, one thing that really blew my mind when I was reading Letters to a Mormon Elder by James White, which I recommend, um, especially on this topic. Little, little plug um, right yeah. Um, is that he, he goes really into depth on, like, all of the ways that Joseph Smith messed up in, like, pretending to be a prophet of God. Like, it's very clear that he Mm. was not a prophet, and he was making it... He was was trying to seem like he was, and he was not doing a very good job. So, it's like, it's, it's very clear to, like, just looking at the facts to see, well, yeah, he was definitely not a prophet of God. Like, all of this stuff was skewed and um like a bunch of dates are wrong and um so i honestly i don't know why mormons think he was a prophet but (laughs) right and that's that's one of the things right like um honestly i feel like um and this is something that uh apologia radio has talked about and i'm sure james white talked about um, or has talked about at least, um, is, uh, mm-hmm. the idea that most Mormons of the current generation of the current, like, um, what's the word, uh, culture of Mormonism don't actually know what they believe. Um, and, and, uh, the people at Apology of Church often will like go witnessing at the Mormon temple near where they live. And one of the things that they've said that always kind of resonated with me and, and was really interesting to me is they said sometimes they have to, most of the time, they have to convert people to Mormonism before they can convert them to Christianity. And that's because they don't actually know what Mormonism mm-hmm. teaches. And so they have yeah. to go go through actual Mormon doctrine and show them where, like, this is what the doctrine actually says. And if you don't believe this, then you're not actually following the teachings of the Mormon church. And and, and a lot of people are, are like, well, I didn't even know that was a doctrine. Like, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can be like, you know, this is what the, how the Mormon teachings have lied to you, right? And this is how Joseph Smith and, and, and um, Brigham Young have, have lied to you. And, uh, you know, this is what the Bible actually says. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of things about um, Joseph Smith's and, and Brigham Young's um, teachings and doctrines that are so contradictory to scripture um and also just failing the metric of being a prophet um as well right like they made a lot of predictions about various things that were proven false um one notable one being the um 
uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but the tablet that he supposedly got from an angel um, that had like Egyptian hieroglyphics on it. And like he, he, he supposedly knew how to translate it because the angel like gave him the ability, you know, to translate these hieroglyphics. And this is before we had the Rosetta Stones, so the people didn't actually know how to translate Egyptian hieroglyphics. And so for a long time, they had this supposed translation where like it was all this stuff about like um, how um, it wasn't how like the um, a tri an ancient tribe of Israel had like come over to North America and like it's yeah. it all this all this really yeah, weird, it's weird yeah all this really weird stuff but basically just to justify their belief that um, they were like the, now the true church mm -hmm. um, and Joseph Smith supposedly you know he had a giant a journal where he logged how he was translating this thing right. mm -hmm. um, and then when they found the Rosetta Stone and, and actually figured out how to translate Egyptian hieroglyphics at first the Mormons were very excited because they're like finally we can like verify that um, Joseph Smith knew what he was talking about and you know he's a real prophet of course to their dismay they translated it and it was uh, it was like a common funereal rite um, in, in Egypt, it was just like commonplace. There's like a, a million of them or whatever, not a million, but you know, it, it's one of the most common things that they would find, um, in each, in Egypt, uh, you know, um, these, uh, ancient, uh, burial, uh, burial, burial rites that they'd be, um, buried in the tombs. Um, and of course the Mormons, uh, covered that up. Obviously they don't talk about it anymore because if they did, then they would have to be forced to, to say that, yeah, Joseph Smith was wrong. Basically, there's just a lot of deception that happens in the Mormon church. Um, they don't talk about these things that have verifiably been proven wrong. Um, and there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff like that that has, has gone on. And But, the, yeah, the issue is that Mormons don't know about it. Um, they don't talk. The, the elders don't talk about it. Um, the, the church doesn't talk about it anymore. And so they don't have any idea that the church that they're, they're, they're living in is lying to them. Um, and so honestly, that's, that's one of the main things that I bring up of, of like why, um, why Mormons uh, believe in a, in a false gospel, but don't, you know, come out of it is because they, they just don't know. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of other weird Mormon teachings on, um, I mean, polygamy for that's the, that's the one that, that everybody mentions with Mormons and, and obviously they don't practice it anymore. Um, but that was well, because most of them don't like most Orthodox Mormons. fundamentalist Mormons <laughs> yeah. still do. And, but, and yeah, and they would say, like, you know, the other Mormons aren't practicing true Mormonism because it, so it literally says in, in the book of Mormon that, um, polygamy is necessary for salvation. Yeah. That's, that's, so. that's yeah. in there. Um, and so, or maybe not in the book of Mormon, but like one of Joseph Smith's teachings, one of the texts, yeah, one of the texts of, of Joseph Smith. And and Joseph Smith is supposed to be a prophet of God who is speaking for God. And, and the Bible is even even says that if you know that somebody is truly a prophet from God, if they're right 100% of the time, if anything they, they say yeah. when they're prophesying for God is wrong, then they are not a prophet of God. Yeah. Um, um, you, you should Google that because I do not know the reference off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, another, th right, like the, the idea that, Obviously, Mormons don't, as, as a whole, don't practice that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because of a revelation of convenience that right. apparently happened around the time the United States government was pressuring them to, to like, stop polygamy. And they're like, oh, well, look, we got a revelation from God. We don't have to do polygamy anymore. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like, if you actually look back at, at Joseph Smith's writings, he says very plainly, you have to be a polygamist to mm -hmm. inherit salvation. Um, and so, right, like, you, you have to, when you're talking to 
to Mormons about this sort of thing, often you you'll have to go back to these these uh, these doctrines that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young taught mm -hmm. and point out to them that they're not even following their own teachings right. anymore. And here's the main thing: if we yeah. start with Mormonism, um, or, or I'm sorry, if no, we don't start with Mormonism. If we start with where Mormonism originated from, which was the Bible. Like they, they take the Bible and they, and they add on to it. Yeah. So their, their foundation <laughs> is still technically the Bible. And so with well, Joseph, it should have been. well, well, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. that's, that's where they were. And then Mormonism sprouted from the Bible and added things onto it. And in Galatians one, uh, when Paul is addressing the church in Galatia and different false prophets and stuff like that, he says, uh, in uh, we'll st I'll just start in verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. Mm -hmm. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach <laughs> any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And the Greek word there for accursed is literally go to hell. So, so if anybody preaches a false gospel, let them go to hell. Is literally what it's saying. Um, so as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Let him go to hell. Like, right. And that's pretty plain right there, right? Like even if an angel of heaven comes down and, 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 and so that immediately, you know, cancels out Mormonism and cancels out, um, Islam, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's one of the reasons God put it in there is because he knew that would happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always it's always remarkable to me um, those sorts of verses that can like plainly point to that point the finger directly at false teaching and be mm -hmm. like and, and, our, and you know, it's like right like God obviously knew this was going to happen and he put right. this verse specifically there because he knew this would happen. Yep. So um, if the Mormon Church wanted to have any type of concrete anything, they would have to completely disregard the Bible because yep. if that's in there, they've they've contradicted themselves. And and the, well, that's the thing. The, what Mormons will say. Um, is that the Bible has been wrongly translated. Right. Right. And so they, mm -hmm. they say that... Um, uh, that's what everybody... That's what atheists say. That's what... Exactly, uh, right. Angel and I were witnessing to somebody it's, the other yeah. day, and, and that's what he said. That's Which what, is... It's patently false, that, right. that claim. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like, James White is the person to go to if you want to know about that yeah. sort of thing. Because <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a Greek and Hebrew scholar. Right. So he knows mm -hmm. about these things. Um, and so, right, like he can, he can tell you all the reasons why it's not translated falsely and mm -hmm. we have reliable documents. Um, the Bible, it has the most reliable documentation known to any manuscript yeah. ever. By, by a lot. By a lot. So the, the, the next, lot, the lot. next most reliable document in, in, in terms of like how many original copies we have, um, of like, of, of, of documents or uh, not documents of pieces of literature from the same time period. Is what we're talking right, about. right, 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 yeah. yeah. Of like historical texts, right? Yes. Is um is like the Iliad and the with five with like five five original copies, copies of the original manuscript. Yeah. And the Bible has like over, over thousands, thousands, thousands yeah. and thousands, yeah, something like that. So yeah. the numbers, if, if to find you wanted to numbers, do the math but... on it, and which one should be more reliable, it would be the Bible a hundred times over. Right, and obviously people only question the bible because it's the bible right. and not because it doesn't have Nobody reliable historicity yeah we don't we don't question that those people actually writ, writ, right. wrote that down right yeah yeah um but uh 
right? Like that, that's what most, um, false, false, uh, gospels will claim mm-hmm. any, any movement that wants to discredit the Bible or m- interpret it as they wish. Um, they always make the claim, you know, the Bible is true in as far as it's translated correctly. And mm-hmm. so that gives you free license to basically just say, well, that wasn't translated correctly. And so obviously right. it means this. And, and right. that, that basically what that means, people to trust their heart. they can just decide or, well, or they, they, for the, for the Mormons, right. It's that the book of Mormon and Joseph Smith's teachings are the foundation yep. and that's where, where it ends up switching, right? It's not that the Bible is the foundation and we interpret everything else because of the Bible. We look at Joseph Smith's teachings first and then and interpret, interpret the everything. Yeah. Interpret the Bible through Joseph Smith's teaching. Right. And when you do that, obviously you'll see, mm-hmm. and, and then you have that, that added thing in your mind. where like, well, these, they can be translated falsely. And so mm-hmm. we just have to go back to the clarifying statements from Joseph Smith. And that's what we know is true. So they can look at like a verse that you just mentioned. Right. And be like, well, obviously that was translated incorrectly. Right. right? Um, yeah. Um, so why don't they convert? Um, I mean, ultimately because they're dead in their sins and trespasses and God hasn't reached into their hearts and given them regeneration. Yeah. But besides that, <laughs> um, like, honestly, the reason is because they think they're Christians, right? right. They, they think mm-hmm. that they are part I mean, of the yeah, same they, community. It's, it's okay. So, and so if someone came up to them and said, have you, you know, believed in Jesus Christ or whatever, right? right. They'd they be like, say, yeah, of course, yeah. like I'm a, yeah. I'm a Mormon. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the problem is not, it, or the problem is the same as everybody else on the planet who's not saved is they think it's not a problem. They don't think that they have to repent. They don't think that they have to trust Christ. And the Mormons <laughs> just think that they're okay in a different way. Yeah. And that's, that's all that ever is. They have a different People justification don't convert for why. Because they don't see the, they don't have the fear of the wrath of God. They yeah. don't fear hell. They don't care. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a, a problem for them. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you have any other insights to share with us, Carly? Because I know the lag has made it kind of hard for you to jump in. Uh, no, that's that's a good good explanation. So Mormons to or Mormons letters to a Mormons to a letters elder. Yeah, Mormons to a letters elder um, is the book we'd recommend by uh, Dr. James White. Yes, yes, yes. As well as um, I have not read it yet. Uh, but Pastor Gabe Hughes has a similar um, book about mormonism that i still need to pick up and read at some point um but i don't own it so <laughs> apology apologia studios ha- also has great resources on mormonism um yeah. i the, the the things that i know literally that i just explained yeah. i only know because i very recently content. listened to um uh, a talk by yeah a talk by jeff durbin where he kind of went through all of this stuff um he was talking they had like a dialogue at a church somewhere. i think it was in at doug wilson's church um, they were talking about Mormonism and how to like the Q and A. Yeah, exactly. The Q&A. So, so Did they you had to the like a thing? what? Did you listen to the same thing? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was the one that listened to it first and told you to listen to it. You sure? Yeah, for real. Okay. That was the yeah that, right. yeah. But anyway, no. So uh, that would be a really good one to listen to. What, what that church was doing um, was going through a bunch of different religions mm. and calling in like guest pastors and and stuff like that and people from from various places that they knew would be able to teach from a Christian perspective on those religions and how to witness to people who are in those religions. And so Jeff Durbin was the one to go to for uh, Mormonism. And uh, that's because they regularly go out and witness to uh, the Mormon church and people who are in the uh, uh, community that are Mormons. so that that is among other things that they do, like yeah. the abortion clinics, where they are currently is where their church is right now mm-hmm. doing. But um, 
if you wanted to look up some videos of Jeff Durbin preaching the gospel to a bunch of Mormons, look it up. It's really interesting. Yeah, two of the main mm-hmm. things that Apologia does is, is to, they, they talk about Mormon. abortion and then they witness to, to Mormons. Um, but I mean, obviously they do a lot of other stuff, but like right. those are the those are the two main things that I think, especially on their like YouTube channel, like they get a lot of people mm-hmm. wanting to know about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you know somebody who is a Mormon and you've been trying to figure out what they believe and, uh, you know, how to witness to them, first of all, I would just say you probably should ask them because the chances of them knowing what the uh, Orthodox Mormons uh, do believe and what the actual Joseph Smith teachings say is little, just like for every person who claims that they're a part of religion. Um, But I would also recommend doing your research first on Mormonism, and then you'll be able to say, "Mm, but have you read the teachings? Right, and have specific citations, right? Don't just say, well, Joseph Smith believes this, because like they like you you need to show them, right? You need to show them where Mm -hmm. that is. And I know know that Apology Radio has resources for that. I think they have a tract that you can get um, that has like references and like like direct references to all of the different like false teachings. Um, That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you get that, but I know they have it. So, yeah. So yeah, oh, that's that's fun. I yeah. should probably grab some of those. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like fun. Nope. Looks like we got uh, so we got a we got a, a written question from uh, uh, Jessica Jacobson, a friend of ours. Um, she has a very serious question for the podcast. Is Carly Pinch the coolest person person in the state of Washington? The answer to that question, of course, is yes. <laughs> Thank you. <Very> true. <laughs> Yes, all the way. This Thank is you. this is a is a fact. This is not an yeah. opinion. Uh, we did our, our research. We took a poll. We took a uh, poll. Uh, <laughs> the results right, of which we will not disclose. For democracy, uh, obviously, me- makes objective truth yeah. reality. Right. Yeah. So that's true. It happens. Thank Thank you, JJ, for that serious question. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica just wrote, "I got you." <laughs> that's funny. Um. Honestly, it feels weird to me to see like just, uh, and I was going to say Jessica and that seems weird to me, um, that's, to see her, her name written out like that. I know that's her <laughs> name, but I, I call, I've called her JJ so much that like, yeah. it's, it's weird to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, are we, do you think we, we kind of covered Mormonism then? Um, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so that would have been a great segue point if I had jumped on the ball, but now we're going to try to awkwardly segue into the next question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I so should have the questions. Uh, <laughs> our good friend Micah, who is a regular listener of the podcast, also had a question. Boo. Um, hey, Micah. Uh, so uh, this is from a while ago, and Carly um, was was uh, messaged him to ask if if he had a thing he wanted to talk about because we we didn't have a topic for that night. Um, but it looks just like, like usual. <laughs> uh, so he said, I'd actually like to know how you use art to reach out to backsliders <laughs> yeah. or rather what would be a good strategy? <laughs> what would be a good strategy to reach out to the backslidden in general? Because frankly, I'm really pushing to get miss. I'm going to come back to church to actually do it. And I have no idea how to broach this subject. Um, yeah. So backsliders, what does the Bible have to say about backsliders?
I was gonna. Well, that's a great question. <laughs> I was gonna like throw that question to you guys because I've been talking a lot. Okay, so I mean, I would say first things first. If somebody is, um, not being a part of a church, um, and they previously had been, and they did not make any type of formal anything of I'm leaving the church, um, you should absolutely reach out to them and ask them why they're mm-hmm. not coming and try to see what their perspective is and why this is happening. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that making art or sending them art that specifically targets backsliders is the most passive aggressive thing you could do. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and fair, I say that fair. because I've done that before and I've realized that that's really stupid. Um, you have? But like, well, yeah, for real. Those are telling me after off podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so it's, I mean, it, yeah. It's it's not a it's not a good plan. It's not a good idea. What you should do is show that you care and that you love the person, um, mm-hmm. and want to see them reconciled with the body of Christ and with the church. And if they have an actual reason that they want to leave a church, then maybe you should consider leaving the church as well. <laughs> <laughs> but if they have an actual reason that they want to leave the church, that means there's heresy <coughs> in the church. That means that they're they are going against the essential doctrines of the faith. Yeah. are uh, perverting the gospel, mm-hmm. not preaching it, you know, um, just not handling the word of truth rightly and being divisive or being inclusive to people who aren't saved. You know, all of those things are things that you could consider leaving a church for. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you want to stay. You want to be a part of that community because you have been a part of that community and you want mm-hmm. to see this corrected rather than just jumping ship and leaving when things start to get bad. Because, um, you know, all Christians, no Christian is perfect. And no, because of that, no church is perfect. Mm-hmm. So if, if things start to happen where, you know, the church is backsliding, you know, you want to stay and try to help them. And I'd say it's the same situation for a singular person who is backsliding from the church. Is that, um, you know, you should go to them and, and try to help them and stuff like that um, and try to get them to come back. Um, obviously at the end of the day, it is their decision. You cannot force them to come back to church. Um, don't try. Unless you're That's their legal. parent. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. If, can do that. If, if you're their parent, get them back to church. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you don't te- want to come to yeah, church, your teenager's like, yeah, your teenager's like, I don't want to go to church. And they yeah. start and you just be like, well, too bad. Yeah. I'm, you I live under my roof. You're going yeah. to church. That's yeah. the end of the story. And you know, it doesn't and then matter. If they pack up and move out, I mean. That's go. another problem, but <laughs> I mean, I would I would say there is something to be said if you know your child is has made their decision and does not want to follow God. That if you're forcing them to be a part of a community that they're not actually a part of the actual you know people of God, that's something to be said. But if you're going to the church and you want them to hear the gospel, you know you have that right to do that, yeah. and you can do that. And you know maybe not if if your church has a membership. You know, maybe you just, you know, aren't initiative about trying to get them a membership because you know they're not saved, but, you know, still make them go to church. That's your decision. You're a parent. You can do whatever the heck you want. So, yeah. I mean, not whatever Um, the heck you want. Well, yeah. And and also, (laughs) and also do not provoke your children to anger. Um, is if you yeah, there's a, there's a difference between making them go because that's the right thing for them right. and like making a huge deal about right. it and like d- right. embarrassing them and like right. that, you know, that whole, not, whole nine yards. Uh, needlessly provoking your children yeah. to anger, but you're trying to raise them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Yep. So, you know, if, if the, that way is going to be 
do you bring them to church so that they can see what true Christianity is like and hear the gospel from the pastors? Then that's what you do, and that's your decision. But if you're not the person's parent, you cannot force them to go back to church. And at the end of the day, if that person is truly saved, the Holy Spirit will convict them of sin, and they will repent and come back to a, not, not necessarily your church, but a Christ-centered, gospel-preaching church. And um, that's the most important thing um, to remember is not, you don't have to have a person who leaves a church to come back to that specific church because they might have a actual solid reason for leaving the church and they might just be trying to go to a different church that is, you know, actually going to, you know, feed them the word of God. Um, and they don't feel like they're getting that there. Now they could be wrong in that situation. Th that person could be like, yeah, no, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm hearing the gospel here and they are, you know, they could be wrong in that situation, but it's still not, if they're going to a good church, that's, that's what matters. That's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think there are definitely, um, great pieces of art out there that are specifically designated towards backsliders. I think of, uh, uh, Matt and Toby song, the, uh, two lead singers of Emery made uh, a song called, uh, come home that I always like to listen to. And just, you know, it's just, it's just a story of like some, some person who left the church and, and it was like, you know. It was like God was calling them back to the church. And it was like really, I don't know, it was a really good song. Um, also, Get Back by Nine Lashes was also a really good, like, calling back to go back to the church. Kind so of the, way that, the way that sounds, like, let me know if this is right, but, like, is the tone of that song, like, get back? Like, no. Okay. It's not a rap song. It's a All rap right. song. Because that's, that's immediately a, what I, like, right, thought. Yeah, no. So, uh, so, yeah, both of those are two good songs that I have listened to before about backsliding. But... I have sent one of those songs to somebody before. I think I now that I more I think about it, I think I could be wrong about that. Um, but I know I've definitely wanted to send that mm. specifically "Get Back My Nine Lashes" to somebody before. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't believe that I did because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm about ninety percent sure that I didn't. But I'd have to go back and check. Probably I don't good. really care to go back and check though, yeah. so I'm not going to just in case I'm wrong. But uh, but yeah, so I don't believe I did. But I thought about it before, and I think that if you should just tell the person yeah. rather than trying to use different forms of art to try to subliminal messages. Right. <laughs> because, because you should just share your heart with them and be honest with them and say, Hey, this is what the Bible says. You should be going to a church. Um, you know, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, you are commanded to go to church. Um, so do not neglect to meet together right. as so, it is the habit of some. So go to church and you know, if they, and, and here's the thing. First uh, John, Chapter three, I believe, specifically says if somebody leaves the church. Chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah. So you know, you know, you know, you know where we're going. Connor, I, I've read the <laughs> the book right. of First John inside and out, it's like right. fifty times. <laughs> Crazy. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So verse nineteen. Um. They went out from us. Uh, chapter two, verse nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So if somebody does leave the church um, and neglects meeting together with other Christians and neglects trying to preach the gospel with other Christians and trying to do missions work with other Christians, and by missions work, I mean reaching out to your local community as a church because, you know, that's the main thing you're supposed to do. Being salt and light. Yeah, so, um, you know, if, if, if they don't care to do that, then chances are they're not saved. And I don't know. 
when I say chances are, I feel like I'm kind of not being as strict as that verse is. So, you know, I'd say if somebody leaves the church and doesn't go back to church, they're not saved. Mm. So, I mean, if, if they leave a church that's not gospel preaching and uh, not Christ-centered and it's, it's, you know, heresy, that's understandable. And, oh, wow, there's, there's no church, there's no other Christians around here, then, you know, they should be meeting together with a Christian that are around them or consider, hey, I can't do life on my own. You know, there are no other Christians here and, you know, seek to find a different place to, to live. I mean, those are, you know, I mean, and we can get into a giant conversation here. About right. Obviously that. this is a, these are like specific situations that right. like, um, case by case basis have to be for all, a lot of these things, but the general, general, like, um, lesson, right. Is that, um, uh, it's, an, it's important that Christians meet together. Right? Mm-hmm. Church is important. You have it. God commands you to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, and that does not mean that you, you can do online church or just like, meet together with a couple of your buds and do a Bible study on Sundays and call it church. You need, you need elders. You need like church hierarchy set up. Like Mm -hmm. it's commanded in scripture. Um, you need faithful pastors. You need people to be over you. Um, and, uh, to be keeping you accountable, um, Mm -hmm. in a way that just a, a brother or sister in Christ cannot do. Um, does, and then doesn't have the responsibility of, right. Right. Um, those, those are commands from God in scripture. Um, but, but also, you know, an, an important thing is obviously people can leave the church and, and you know, leave a, leave a church and still be saved. Um, but as John points out a lot of the time when people leave the church, like they said, there's a church split or something. Um, that's, it's, that happens specifically sovereignly ordained by God to happen because it proves who is not of Christ and who is of Christ. Right, those sorts of divisions happen specifically because God wants to know who is His, mm-hmm. um, and He wants to show the people in His flock who is His. Right, He wants right. to separate the sheep from the goats. Right. I mean, yeah. First, First Corinthians eleven, I believe, verse eighteen specifically says that. Um, that, and I've have gone to this verse like four times over the weekend, which I think is kind of funny. Um, First uh, Corinthians eleven seventeen and eighteen. Uh, and it now, and giving these instructions, and it praise you since you. And he's talking about the Lord's Supper. They're, mm. they've, the church in Corinth has been abusing the Lord's Supper, and he, and he says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. So there are divisions in the church with theology, with love, with how people act, specifically so that God can show um, who has the Holy Spirit and who does not, who is saved and who is not. That's kind of what it's for. That's kind of what doctrine is for. That's kind Mm -hmm. of what learning about the Bible is for, is that you can recognize those who are not saved. Um, And so that unbelievers specifically can see who's saved and who's not saved. And that's a sign to them that, hey, these are the people that are faking it. And these are the people who have truly had the miracle of regeneration by the Holy Spirit in their life. And they actually love God now instead of hate him. Mm -hmm. That's a miracle. And so that's that's the point of this being so um, such a big deal in the church. So, yeah, so I, I, I would say, you know, how can you use arts to reach people who have left the church? Um I mean, good question. I'd say just be straightforward with it in the art. 
um, if it's a song or something like that, if you wanted to do something um, more symbolic or something like that in a book, write a story about, you know, uh, like a superhero team and one of them leaves and uh, like the defenders that we did. That's, yeah. That's kind of what that was. Honestly, that was like an allegory yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can be creative with it. I'd say always stick to scripture if that's what your goal really is, is to make art that's trying to reach out to uh, people who have left the church. Um, but I would always recommend not to be specific with it and not to try to call certain people out with it and that you should just go to them one-on-one. Yeah, go right. Just follow the procedures in Matthew. Yeah, go to the, Matthew go with 18. them one-on-one, right? Yeah. And, and if they don't repent of their sin, if they don't, they don't, if there's actual sin that ha- that's happening there, right? right. And, and they aren't repenting of it, then you bring a, a couple of other people with you. And if they still don't repent, then you bring them before the church. Or right. if they, if they're not going to come before the church, then that's then, then they're just excommunicated right then right. it's like okay well you're leaving the church and obviously we can't reconcile you back to us right. so you are officially not a part of our church anymore. right so um, i mean that's kind of yeah that's and obviously that's a very extreme you know belief but that's what the bible says so. right and, and honestly like <laughs> i feel like that's something that we don't that like evangelical churches in the west don't no. practice we do no. not practice matthew 18 no um, and that's really sad to me because that's that's there like the uh, when God says spare the rod spoil the child yeah. this is the exact sort of thing that he's talking about mm-hmm. we we have church discipline we have these sorts of measures in place to keep each other accountable and to save people to, to help people who are stumbling towards death mm-hmm. not die right and in like a spiritual way um, and sometimes a physical way right like right that we need to be able to do the loving thing and talk to someone in, in a harsh manner because they need it and tell them what they're doing is wrong. Um, and bring them back and try to bring them back to reconciliation. Um, and sometimes that, that, that has to be uh, harsh words. Oh, no, now that you've said multiple things, I feel like there's multiple verses I have to go to. Uh Um, uh, Carly, I heard some pages flipping on your side, and you might be going the same place that I am. Oh, no, I'm already going to the next question that we haven't oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Can't figure out. Oh, okay, yeah, Proverbs 27, 5. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. And verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Yep. It would be much worse if you didn't say anything to that person. Yep. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 12 and 13, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside the church? And I, I put the church in there because that's that's the context. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to add something to the Bible like the Mormons. Uh, 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 it's awkward. Uh, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Yeah. But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Um, so we are supposed to judge those who are inside the church so that these kinds of things don't happen. Um, we are supposed to judge those people who are inside the church that unbelievers will not be confused when they look at people in the church. Um, and it's better for that person so that they can understand, no, you're not a part of the, the church. You're not... You're not saved. You're deceiving yourself. And if you can't, if, if the person doesn't think that, or if the person thinks that they're saved and they're not, that's bad. The, mm. the, letting them keep up the act is much worse for them because you first have to convince them that they're not saved. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much what you have to do with everybody is you have to convince them that there's a problem. 
You have to do that with Mormons. You have to do that with atheists. You have to do that with everybody. You have to do that with Christians who are not acting like Christians. Right. right? You have to show them that there is a problem and that God takes sin seriously. Um, So seriously, I, I think it's also Matthew 18 where he says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and if your hand causes you to send cut it off and that doesn't mean you should actually cut off your hands and eyes what that means is that's how god no that's how seriously god takes sin if you cut out your eyes and cut off your hands you'd still sin you're not going to heaven if you cut off your your you cut out your eyes and cut off your hands what it's saying is this is how seriously god takes sin and it'd be better for you to cut off the sin Cut off the source of the sin. Or cut off the thing that's causing you to sin. Right. right? Yeah. Which means if you gouged out your eyes, you'd still sin. But if you... No, you wouldn't. That's... <laughs> well, see, the, well, the idea there, right, is that, um, say, for example, um, the, um, uh, the, 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 the person who lusts after someone else, right? The right. gouging out of the eye is symbolic of... Uh, don't last after people right like with your eyes right. uh, yeah I, i'm not necessarily saying you should actually gouge out your eyes but basically that but right like right. everything it's, it's, up to that point it's like what what are you willing to sacrifice what are you willing to cut out of your right. life to right. not sin, that's what it, right yeah. yeah so that's what it is so yeah so so i mean that's how seriously god takes in so absolutely this is something that we should take seriously as christians yeah. and be serious about our sin so that and and keep each other accountable and that should be a good and loving thing that everybody accepts as oh i'm so glad that you pointed out my sin and that you know i can now not do this sin that's a good thing yeah. um just the i'll pull up the actual quote but just like i think yesterday or maybe a couple days ago I was uh, looking at Jackie Hill Perry's uh, Facebook and I follow her Facebook and get notifications for it mm-hmm. because it's great. Um, but she she wrote something that totally called me out and I thought it was really funny. So I shared it and said, yeah, wow, she called me out. Dis me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm not afraid of of judgment by from other Christians. Mm-hmm. That's something that I enjoy, something that I love. So that um, for the same reason that I love to be able to see a Christian in sin and say something to them. I, I love doing that because I would love it if they did that to me. Yeah. And I mean, that's, if that's what the Bible says that we should do, then that's loving. Um, but yeah. this is what she said. She said, don't be the Christian that finds their identity in calling out other believers, because if you do, it won't be long before you look more like the devil than you do Christ. He was and is an accuser and there's nothing pretty about wearing his face. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> Jackie, you got me there. Um, not that I've actually found my identity in, in that or do find my identity in that, but it's something but I, that you it's might something struggle that, with. Right? That I, yeah. I do struggle with yeah. of always being on the lookout of calling out other Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's what we're talking about of, you should be able to call out sin and other Christians, but if that's who you are, you're right. not an inquisitor. If, if you've, yeah, exactly. Right. right? Yeah. You're, the nowhere in the Bible is there a list of the spiritual gifts as being an inquisitor, right? Um, I mean, discernment be, is, an, is a spiritual discernment gift. Discernment is, right? but, but an inquisitor of like calling people out and getting them out of the church and yeah. that's your job. No, that's the church's job. Yeah. You should go to them one-on-one when they're when they're sinning mm. and try to see if yeah. they will repent, but then it's the church's job. It's not your sole job see, to that's be a, the that's inquisitor. a great distinction to make, right? Because it goes back to the idea of church government. And, right. and it's like, for example, like taking, taking it like real government, or not real government, but like... Uh, 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 I don't want to say secular government because that's a sphere that Jesus has control over, but political, political government, I guess is what I'm thinking. 
Um, still, Jesus is in control over that. Romans right. Thirteen. Right. Okay. What I'm what I'm saying is pol- political government, right? Like you wouldn't. It, it's wrong for someone to be a vigilante like person who who just like says, right. okay, you have committed this crime, and now I will bring right. you to justice. Vengeance I am I am mine. the knight. <laughs> right. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Exactly. I will repay. Right. Hebrews ten thirty one. And if if God says vengeance is mine, I will repay, and then gives us standards in the Old Testament of Israelite law of how to go about give, yep. giving justice to a person who has. Um, uh, been wronged or a person who has wronged another yeah. um then that is the standard we must follow and that right. and that standard applies to church governance as well right and you it's not your job to find someone uh who's doing something wrong in the church and then like yeah inquisit them and like excommunicate them on your own power your job is to if you notice something go to the the elders and pastors and work together as a church as a church body to either bring that person to reconciliation or uh, uh purge the evil from among you mm-hmm. right so yeah, so Carly, do you have anything else to say on this thing, or are you are you just focused on the next? question? Are you firmly on the next question already? I'm I'm ready for the next question. <laughs> All right, let's okay. do it. All right. So, would you want do you want to read off that question because you're uh, you've been looking at that? Sure. So, um, a friend that I made at camp, uh, Christian, said, uh, "Could you talk on the poetry side of the Psalms and how it adds to them as Yay! scripture?" Uh, also, what are some of your favorite psalms? Okay, so is his name Christian, or is he a Christian? Yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, also, his username, which I love your username, by the way, is Wizard Echidna. So, that's what great. <laughs> hey, Echidnas can be wizards, too. What is Echidna? Achi- and Echidna is, um, it's like a, it's like a hedgehog or a, it's what Knuckles Armadillo. is. Oh. in sonnet yeah it's not quite an armadillo but it's like like yeah, that it's similar. in that same family very interesting yeah you made friends from all over huh <laughs> even made a friend friends with achidnas <laughs> is that how is that, <laughs> isn't that the way, way to pronounce that word achidna I'm probably i think him. so i feel i feel like I it is knows. um anyway yeah so you know uh poetry side of the psalms and how it adds to them in scripture um, all right carly you definitely have this <laughs> Um, well, I've, I've, I think I talked about it before a little bit on mm. the worship episode that we did that I was sure. listening to, uh, the Bible projects episodes that they've been doing on biblical poetry and, um, and those were really talking a lot about how, um, the, the poetry in the Bible is not only for like, for the purpose of informing it's also for the purpose of uh like displaying how awesome god is just like in in an artistic way because Mm -hmm. like god is a creative god and he gives us that (laughs) gift of creativity for a purpose and um the psalms are a really good example of that because they ultimately point back to him um so yeah yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a pronounced echidna, and I I did actually know that. I just forgot it. So that's me just being forgetful. All right. Awesome. Uh. Yeah. Echidna. Just but, like me with the lungs. I didn't know that. I just forgot. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> now you you did <coughs> think that. Um. Watch it, punk. Uh. But yeah. Right. Like as you were saying, Carly. Like, and not even the Psalms. Right. Like 
all over scripture um like people will just randomly break out into song um god included um yeah right like reading through weird. reading through isaiah has been yeah. one of the, the craziest awesome it's things pretty to awesome me. um because like literally all the time yeah. all the time when when isaiah is like saying this prophecy that he has gotten f- directly from god it will just suddenly go into verse format and it will be like a song or like poetry and i'm just like so literally god just like wrote like psalms of like taunts and like uh like bringing people back to like 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 calling them out like as songs like how cool is that um yeah it's just crazy um one of which is uh, one of which uh, them singing is uh second chronicles 20 mm. um which yeah not even gonna so so they uh God pretty much was like, yeah, okay, so you're going to go up against these people. And he uh, sent a, uh, it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon this uh, uh, Jehaziel and this like prophet. Um, and in the midst of the assembly, and he was just like, hey, yo, this is what, this is what God says. He's like, listen, I'm going to fight this for you. And you just have to stand there. And, you know, yeah. uh, he says specifically, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, mm-hmm. O Judah and Jerusalem. And do not be, do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And so then, after that, they were all like, "Well, that's cool." And so, <laughs> and so they went out to to battle against the the people. And instead of fighting them, they just sent the choir out on the front lines and they just sang, and they just <laughs> sang so praise cool. to God. And then God, uh, it says, um, uh, it says. That they like consulted with the people, and uh, that w- I think the prophet uh, uh, appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of His holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, "Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever." And now, when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. When they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So they literally, all these armies just literally just started killing each other, and That's everybody so just killed themselves. And, uh, and, I don't know, it's, it's, I kind of want to say that it was like, it's like one of those moments where it's like a like a funny like uh like uh, what's it called like a funny like uh classical song time point where it's like you know they're just singing in the background they're all the oh right like dying. it's like the but at the same time it's also really sad and terrible that you know all those people then perished and were had the wrath of God poured out on them mm. in hell for all of eternity. Yeah. But I mean, can you, I cannot imagine that scene of, they were all like, yeah, God's just going to fight for us. And so they're all like, well, what should we do? Why don't we just sing praises? And they were like, cool. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, man. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And like, um, I think like the Psalms are important in general right because like they they point us back to that like singing is a really prominent thing in all of scripture Mm -hmm. and and we look at like visions of heaven that we do get most of it it's like people singing right it's angels singing to god it's them crying holy 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 is the lord god almighty right all of those things um and and it seems to be that we'll um we'll we'll do a lot of singing um in eternity right with perfect voices with perfect voices and angels will teach us to sing like that's that's all is that an actual wait is that the reverse for that or am i just getting that from angels will teach us to sing or am i just getting that from uh, a michael w smith song 
I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Am I just playing Michael Michael have, W. Smith's song then? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've recently read through pretty much every part of the Bible, almost, and I've, I've not She's recently read the entire Bible. Well, I yeah, know, like, for real. Yeah. So I, I, I have not seen a verse that says angels will teach us to sing. Maybe that was just um, hyper. There is a verse part. about angels teaching us to cook. But no, I'm just kidding. That's what? Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, but I mean, in the New Jerusalem, chances of us not, you know, using the, our body parts that we have in glorified, perfected bodies in in similar ways is, you know, obvious, I think, to us mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, we will be able to cook awesomely and eat good food in the New Jerusalem and as well sing with perfect voices to god i mean honestly that's one of those of since you brought that up and and that's that's an important thing i think to talk about because i love talking about this sort of stuff um because this is eschatology guys Woo! um <laughs> uh right like if we, we talk about right like the new jerusalem the idea of the new heavens and the new earth a lot of times like people just get this they're in their mind this idea of heaven being like this you know other dimension where it's like just golden city and like mm-hmm. on your own clouds or whatever and then all you'd literally do for all eternity is just sit there and like sing to god yeah. in like a heavenly choir yeah. um and like I, that's just not how the bible depicts eternity um it, it, it's not um and it, it and depicts it's, us hanging out with the animals Right, right. Like it's it's peace and perfection. We are not going to be in some random dimension. We're going to be on Earth. We're going to be in a new heavens and new Earth. We have to understand. So heavens. What does what what do heavens mean? Means the sky. It means space, as it does in Genesis. Right. It's the same language being used. Heavens and Earth just means Earth, and then all the things that surround Earth. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a a similar setup, except perfect. Right. It's going to be. It's going to be even better than it was in Genesis, right? right? Even better than the perfect creation because it will be glorified, right? It will be in glorified bodies. Not only will um, we have bodies that are perfect, right. but we will have bodies that are morally perfect right. and without even the idea of sin or the, right. the, the, the desire or the ability to, to ever disobey God. Right. Um, and so, right, like I think sometimes people who aren't musically inclined will be like, oh, go like that idea of like heaven just being like like we're just gonna sing forever like and and like even like even if we we had the point right you said like we're gonna have perfect bodies and so we'll have perfect voices i don't think we'll all be singing right because some people that's not the thing they're good at that's not the thing that they like that's not their passion right and i i think that god has made us as individuals right who, with different passions, different ideas, different spiritual but, gifts. But at, at, at the at the last day, it'll it's be... not to say that no, no, it's not to say that we won't ever sing if well, we no, don't no, decide yeah, we don't no, want I, to. I, yeah, but it, but it, to to obviously we're the body of Christ here on earth. Yeah. But at the same time, it, there is the idea of uh, you know Christ will gather his people and it's his bride. Right. And I'm not necessarily saying that we'll all merge into one individual no. or or <laughs> even saying anything against what you're saying that each person is an individual here on earth for sure but even in heaven i would say each person is an individual but but i i I don't really know if there will be different roles of like 
this person will sing for all of eternity. But but at the same time, that's what we have here on earth. That's how God set up the Israelites in his own kingdom. Like you you read in uh, First Chronicles, this is, you know, I'm on Second Chronicles right now, but First Chronicles is all listing all the different people. Like these are the Levites that stood guard yep. for the temple of God. And these were the Levites that guarded the treasure and counted the treasure. And, you know, these are the Levites that set up this and exactly. did these ceremonies. I mean, if that's in the Bible, that is could be definitely a picture of, you know, the new Jerusalem of each person will have their role and it'll be an honored role. And it'll be something that they will do for all of eternity and praise God by doing exactly. that. Exactly. And that's so. the sort of stuff that I wanted to get across. That's what right. I was talking about. It's just that idea of, I think we, we just randomly, and we don't get this from the Bible. We literally don't. We do not get the perception that this random dimension where we'll just be standing there worshiping Right. God, like through only through singing right. for all of eternity. That's not in because, scripture. Because at the same time, we also don't do that here on earth. Exactly. Right. Because if that was the only thing that God wanted us to do in heaven, that would be the thing that he would want us to do here exactly, on earth. Exactly. Right? Just sing for us. We would just walk around as a musical singing praises to God all the time. And that's how people would be mm -hmm. saved. But that's not what God has chosen. And, and honestly, I think a part of that is because of um, our current perception of work. Right. Um, in our culture, we don't like work. Right. And that's not how God has instituted it. God God says work is good. Right. God is uh, work is a good thing and each and work in any capacity can be done for for the glory of God. And yeah, we, like like you just said, right? All probably, of these people had different roles, right. they had different things that they did. People um, will probably yeah. still write psalms. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean right? that's We'll write songs and poems and and and, and, and another maybe thing, I'll make a poem as good as Carly someday. <laughs> you know, it's another thing that like tells me that's what that's what will happen, right? <laughs> is that we have a picture of the new heavens and the new earth, in um, uh, where nations exist and yeah. cities exist, right? P like places exist, right. animals exist. Right. It sounds like Earth, and right. why is Earth going to be different? right like it's this idea that like um we're gonna be doing the same things except better except right. perfected except we'll have yeah. all of eternity to get better at them god cursed the earth and it's still very similar to we can still see the riot and the dance we can still see god's creation and and god's master plan through all these things but we can also see the curse yeah. and it's the same thing that if god is god cursed the earth and then he's going to perfect it we could also consider that to be very similar to his original plan for uh you know like his his original creation mm -hmm. will be restored to that perfect unity and so it's not going to be this this mind-boggling alternate dimension it'll be these things that we can't get right here on earth and it'll be mm -hmm. perfect mm -hmm. instead right it's the, it's that idea that like we each have things that we're passionate about things that right. we we um serve god in and like I think the Bible very clearly indicates that we'll be doing those things for all eternity, right? Um, and we'll be getting better at those things right. for all eternity, and we'll continue to work to the glory of God. We'll continue to have dominion over the earth for right. the glory of God. We'll continue to be His stewards in a perfected manner. Right. On Just the, like Adam and Eve did. Exactly. Right. We'll, we'll be fulfilling the 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 creation mandate. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll be fulfilling the subdue the earth. And, you know, because because God obviously was in charge of the earth then, but he wanted us as humans to take dominion over it and mm -hmm. steward it for him. Right. Right. He wanted us to be a, an integral part of that dominion. Um, he wanted us to, to work for the glory of God because work was good and it was for our good. Um, yeah. And that's completely unrelated to Psalms, uh, pretty much. Yeah. But. OK. So so what was the other questions? Part, part of the question. What are let's, our let's favorite psalms? We, we went on a... Yeah, so what Carly, are what, what are your favorite psalms? psalms? Um, the favorite one that I have off the top of my head 
is Psalm 147. Um, the because the first stanza is um, praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God! How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. And the um, verse 4, uh, the he counts the stars and calls them all by name. I, almost a year ago... Uh, from now, I wrote a poem for um, uh, PETA, which is a poem every day in August, um, and that was when I was, like, pretty depressed, so I wrote a poem um, based off of a moment when a friend encouraged me As you do when you're using depressed, something you similar to that verse. Yes, yes, um, <laughs> and I referenced that verse in it, and... Uh, and I really like that poem and that friend, so that always reminds me of that. So that's probably my favorite one. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Oh man, I really like the the last couple verses of that that psalm. It says, "He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus yeah. with any other nation. Mm-hmm. They do not know his rules." Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like it's right out of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other favorite psalms of yours, Carly? Um, uh, I really like 119 because it's really long yeah. and just talks yeah. about yeah, how awesome God's commands are. And it's just really like yeah. powerful. And I, I like it. Yeah. I also really love 119. I think one of my, my favorite parts, Um, where is it? Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. While, while you're trying yeah, to find it. it, when I, uh, at some point uh, during like the school year here, I started like a uh, daily reminder to uh, some of the students that I was teaching for like the eighth grade class for our church that uh, me and Maddie were doing like the, uh, um, the uh, Wednesday night like Bible study for them. And at one point we uh, watched like a Ray Comfort uh, sermon and he was talking about how Christians don't read their Bible and a bunch of them were like, yeah, I really want to like read my Bible every single day now. And so I was like, all right, well, anybody who wants to sign up for a daily text message reminder of reading your Bible, uh, come talk to me. And mm-hmm. So I did that for about like five, maybe, maybe like four months, I believe of just like every single day I would send out like, Hey, read your Bible and like either a, a quote or a Bible verse that talks about how you need to be reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for like at least 30 of them, I was just going through Psalm 119 and just picking out different verses mm. of, Hey, this is why you should be reading your Bible. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So my, my favorite part of Psalm 119 is, uh, and I've, I've memorized this, but this isn't the, the version I've memorized it in. Um, it says, um, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according mm-hmm. to your word with my whole heart? I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm-hmm. How do you not sin? Read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of my favorite Psalms are Psalms 1 and 2. Um, Man. I think Psalms 1 is my favorite Psalm. Y'all are taking mine. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it's and it's it's like just such so foundational. It's right. it's the like it's just like a very like solid biblical like um I mean I can't obviously that's all the Bible, but like <laughs> it's a good um what's the word I'm looking for? Um like summary of like the biblical life. Mm-hmm. Right. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And I really like Psalms too, or Psalm two. You know, because we wouldn't say hymns to right. hymn number two. Um, I James, I was listening to the dividing line um, uh, of James White, and that was a caller called in and said Psalms like ninety or something like that. And he's like, "I'm just gonna stop you right there. <laughs> it's Psalm 90. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but because uh, there's a lot of um, uh, post millennial stuff in here. Um, uh, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The king, uh, kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Which really, really good. Well, I got nothing because my favorite is definitely Psalm one nineteen and Psalm one. Would be my next <laughs> one. Uh-huh. Um, I've memorized Psalm forty six, so I guess I'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, save Psalm forty six for us. You gotta say it. You just said you memorized it. <laughs> All right, I'll probably mess up one verse. Here, wait, wait. Let, let me turn to Psalm forty six. So it's can... the ESV version that I memorized. So. Okay, perfect. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a stream whose, uh, whose rivers <laughs> make there there's a stream whose rivers make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts, no, the God of Jacob is our fortress. No, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, Selah. Come, let us behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. Missed missed one part. Did I? Yep. Oh, that's the verse I messed up. Uh, Come, let us behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Uh... There's one line before he breaks the bow. He's talking about nations. He he like rules all the nations. He, his name will be. To he the makes nations. he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. Oh, that's what it is. No. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Um, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. 
Uh, the only other part that you messed up was you said um, there is a stream whose rivers make glad the city of God. It's the other way around. There is it's a river, river whose, whose streams, streams make glad the city of God. Yep. But yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. That was pretty impressive. So I, And I knew that that was the part I was going to mess up mm -hmm. at. I just can never remember that one line for some <laughs> reason. Is it a verse? Is it a verse that I... He uh, makes worse things to the end of the year. Yeah, so verse, I, I miss... You missed verse, the first part of verse 9. So 9a. So Honestly, nine, this is yeah. a pretty post-millennial... Uh, passage too. Um, he makes war cease to the end of the earth. Yeah. He breaks the bows and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And like gathering his people. Yeah. I mean, what I what I before I became post male, I this was just a chapter that I decided to memorize. Mm -hmm. So in in my mind, it was always God is in control of wars, and he can just, he, mm -hmm. he he makes war cease. He just does it. Like it's it. It wasn't necessarily a specific point in time that he does it. It's just yeah. God makes wars cease. He can do that, and uh, you know, he protects his people. And even though mountains are moved and thrown into the heart of the sea, that you know, God is still our refuge and strength, and our help in trouble. And he is protecting his people, his city. Uh, turns out it looks like Mom's favorite psalm is uh, ninety-one. Mm. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So on and so forth. It's kind of a long one. Because he holds fast to me in love. This is verse 14. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. And... Uh, Wizard, Wizard Echidna's favorite is 139 that's a short one that's a good one. Oh, that is wrong not super short no that is definitely wrong yeah. no. i'm thinking 137 i believe yeah oh lord you have searched me and know me and known me you have you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. And I are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem, hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. And That's good. just to make a point there, we do not usher in the presence of God. Yes. Wait, where would it said that? Where would it is? Where, where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Even if I if I if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Oh right, it's not because we're there that he's there. It's because he's everywhere. Right. Yeah. It sounds like it. Right. Dr. Well, Seuss I, I heard a pastor <laughs> recently preach about if you praise God, you're ushering in His presence. Ah, uh, yeah. And it was like. No, no. <laughs> That's not how so, that works. so I mean, I even even I was just kind of saying, okay, what's the point of the Holy Spirit? If we praise God to usher in His presence, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us at He's all times. If you're there, saved, yeah. He's always there with yeah. you. Um, That's why you don't take the verse out of context either, where it says, you know, we're two or three gathered. Yeah, yeah that's, that's about church. Discipline. That's about church discipline and excommunication, <coughs> which I think is really yeah. funny. Um, yeah. Ben Jacobs says yeah. Psalm twenty-seven is his favorite. Yes. Um, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they Ugh. who stumble and fall. Yeesh. 
Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise, <laughs> arise against me, yet I will be confident. Oh, this is a good one. And, yeah, and then the next verse says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the yeah. Lord, to acquire in his temple. Yeah. Very good. Another one that I realized I really like uh, is six. It's really short, but, um, you know, David goes from saying, I am worn out from sobbing. All night, all night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. But then he goes into saying, go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. And it's just such a cool, like, show of God's power. Mm. Cool. Uh, so we did have another question that someone um, posted in chat um, that I do want to do talk about mm -hmm. um, briefly. Um, so... Uh, Carly02, is it Carly or Carl with an E? Uh, let, let us know in chat. Uh, K-A-R-L-E. I'm pretty sure we've had a question from this person before. I think so too, yeah. Um, they asked, I have a question. So God commands us to rest on Sunday. Could you expand on that and what God meant on that? Like, what should we be doing when we rest? Um, oh, we're talking about the Sabbath? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. We know about yeah. that. Holy cow. This is fun. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Carly, what would you question. have to say? I feel like we've talked about this in the podcast before at some point. I, feel I don't like think maybe we ever we, took I an episode on it, though. No, I, I think we only talked about this in person. Oh, okay. All right, Carly, take it away. What do you think? Um. Unless you... You guys should go first. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Okay, Good. so... Uh, actually, just recently, somebody at work asked me about this because they heard a sermon about it at their church... And so she was like, all right, all right, Connor, what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. So what did um, the persons, what does the pastor say? Um, it, it wasn't bad. It okay. wasn't bad. It was actually pretty darn good. I, it was, it was very simple. <laughs> it passed um, my standards. <laughs> well, no, it, he yeah, didn't say anything against scripture, but what he said was not covering all of the issues, I would say, mm. but, but it was, it was good. I thought it was fine. Um, but here's, here's the main thing is it doesn't matter what day, um, if the point of the Sabbath is that it's for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, Jesus said that. Yep. So um, put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> the point is not um, you need to take a day off of work. Um, and it's a sin if you don't take a day off of work. Right. Like if you're working at all, then you're just like, well, well right. You're so what it is, is you should take a day off of work because you should honor God on that day by not working that day and mm -hmm. it's the idea that you should take a day off of rest but it also a part of it is you work six days so if you're not working six days and you're like oh i have to take a day off um yeah you should take one day off <laughs> yes absolutely. and the rest of the six days you should be working right. diligently yeah no. and you should so um <laughs> part of it is you, uh you should be 
not taking breaks during the day in the sense or not, not you, okay that i'm gonna totally rephrase that yeah please that, that wow you're not you're not like working for a certain amount of time and then the rest of the time is just me time right it's not it's, like you're working half the day and like the rest of the time you're like well i'm just right. gonna like sit around and watch tv all, right all day, and no. then and then it's like on the sabbath you're like oh so now i get the whole day to just do whatever i want mm. rather it should be you work for six days not that you spend six literally 24 hour <laughs> periods of time at your work at your place of work yeah Yeah. it's that you are working towards something you are working for god and you are if you're a parent you're taking care of your children you're Mm -hmm. teaching them and and training them in the admonition and fear of the lord um uh, if you're a husband or a wife you are uh you know showing spending quality time with your spouse yeah um and and you are caring for them and appreciating them and you know learning more about God with each other and praying together and reading your Bible together, all those types of things. You're working towards something, um, with your, uh, your family or, um, at your place of work, you're doing something, you're, you're furthering the kingdom of God. And on the seventh day, when you rest, it's not that you're just laying around doing nothing and watching TV all day. It's you're taking a day to give to the Lord. And what that means is not that you stop working and just do nothing and spend me time. What it means is you, um, instead of, okay, so you do all things for the glory of God, obviously. And so during the week, you do all things for the glory of God. And on the Sabbath, you do all things for the glory of God. The difference is on those six days, you're working to the glory of God. And on the seventh day, you're resting to the glory of God. So you're yeah. doing things that you know are good for you and rejuvenating and, rejuvenating. and will relax you bring yes. back energy yes not numbing you yeah um or distracting you or making you ignore important things but that you're refocusing your mind you're refocusing your mind on christ and on god and um maybe that's taking the time to read your bible alone and pray alone those are the kinds of things that you should be able to do or you know do it with your wife or, or husband and you know or you know your children you have a a Bible study, you can take the time to do these things that you weren't able to do through the busy week. Um, and you know, you can refocus your, your minds and hearts. Read a good book. Read a good book. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be where you're, you're constantly, you know, praying or reading your Bible on the Sabbath. You wanted to sit down and watch a TV show with your family and spend some quality time together and, you know, enjoying the things that can absolutely be glorifying to God, right? Enjoying the things that God has blessed you with and, you know, still not, renouncing your faith you're still doing that thing to the glory of god and mm-hmm. so if you know that's the show talks about something that you can talk about with your kids then you know you take that time to do so because hey this is the day where you don't have to worry about certain things um the the sabbath is not a day where you just you ignore all of your problems and push off all of your problems yeah. and if somebody needs help with something you just say no I'm sorry i'm all, it's right? the sabbath because, because jesus Right. worked on the sabbath he gathered food for him and his disciples on the sabbath and the pharisees were all like yo whoa, you can't do that and he was like i'm god i can do whatever i want <laughs> but also he said sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath that we can do this and yeah. if if you know you walked by somebody who's who or who's you know uh was struggling in a ditch or if if that person was struggling in a ditch and couldn't get out. Were they mm-hmm. supposed to just leave it there, yeah. you know, and, and let their donkey die? No, of course not. They should be, you know, working to get that. So why yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm paraphrasing cars that to donkeys. 
Yeah, no, it was like if your cart and like your your animal. Oh, I thought you said car. I oh, thought you no, were no, talking no. about modern no. days. I thought you were saying no, like if no, someone's no. car was like on the side of the ditch, like you, what are you just gonna leave their donkey there? And I'm just like, what, yeah, what, no, wait, where no, did that but come I mean, from? but I mean for real, if someone's donkey right. was in the back of that car, what are you gonna leave yeah. it in the ditch? No, but I mean that's what that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, there, if there's a problem, you should fix it. Um, so if if the Sabbath if there's a problem on the Sabbath, you don't abandon all responsibility. You know, you should still be like, hey, you know, I want to take this day off to worship God through resting, but you should be following the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. Um, yeah, and, and I've, so... I've thought about that a good amount because um, when I, like one of the ways that I would consider myself working for God is through the art that I do. And mm. at the same time, that art is often something that I really enjoy so sometimes I do consider it resting because it's something mm -hmm. I enjoy to do and yet I'm uh, still doing it for God. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, well, where's that distinction? But um, I mean, ultimately, I think God also wants us to enjoy our work. So. Right. <laughs> right and I think sometimes, right, I think maybe the distinction in that lies in like how it feels to you on a particular yeah. day right like if it it's the sabbath and yeah if it's the sabbath and yeah. working on that poem that you've been working on is just going to stress you out don't do it right? right but if if it's but if it's you know yeah. uh another day of the week and you're like i do need to do this even though it's stressing me out like this is important and i like i need to work on this then you that's the day to push past that that right. stress and keep working on it we're on the Sabbath, you'd be like, nope, you need to need to take all rest from that. And rather read good poems from other Christians. That would be a good idea. Like, that. Yeah. like that's that. I mean, that would be the distinction. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. Like fill days, fill your creative brain yeah. again. Right. On, on these six days, I'm preaching the gospel, or I'm doing this thing, and on, um, or I'm reading or making these poems. I'm working at this. I'm creating these things. And on the Sabbath is I'm consuming I input. these things. Yeah. And I'm listening to the gospel. I'm hearing the gospel. I'm, you know, spending time with my family and restoring myself. And that's the point. All right. So a, a bike ride on the Sabbath can absolutely be glorifying to God. But a lot of pastors miss the last part of that. They're like, yeah, on the Sabbath, go for a bike ride. And what they need to say is go for the bike ride and restore yourself to the glory of God. You're doing all of these things to focus your mind mm -hmm. back on Christ and to rejuvenate yourself rather than, you know, just doing random things that are going to numb you and, you know, you know, are, are not truly restful they're just things to distract you to kind of you know get your focus off of work and then you just kind of do whatever right you want to be doing things that are restoring to you right i remember an episode of the office where um uh, okay hold up what <laughs> no, 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 no. hear me out hear me out on this hear me out on this um uh, uh um uh jim and pam are like going in the elevator to go up to the office um and they like like it's it's monday and, and they're just coming back to work. And, and then Kevin walks in. Um, you know who Kevin is, right? The bigger guy, bald. Um, okay. Yeah, but he, he walks into the elevator and, and Jim looks and he's like, oh, hey, Kev, you know, how, how was your weekend? And he said, great. I watched TV for 14 hours. <laughs> and then they're just trying to look at each other like, all right. Right. That's the thing that we don't want to do. Right. Like, that's just numbing yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not. There's no positive input there mm -hmm. if all you're yeah. doing is literally just sitting on a couch watching 14 uh, watching 14 for TV hours. That's what I was about to say. Watching TV watching for 14, 14 episodes of The Office. Yeah, well. That would be bad. It, and, and it's not, and again, we don't want to make like singular Which statements on any of these why. things. Which is one of the reasons why. Sorry, go ahead. Which is one of the reasons why you should go to church on Sunday because then you fill up with God. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, yes. yes. Right, Full we don't circle. <laughs> we don't want to make like um, blanket statements or like <laughs> yeah, call no, out anything particularly yeah. because it's like it's so on a case by case basis. Right. Um, it's between you and God and like what is going to be glorifying to Him. Right. Um, but you know, it's just a general rule, right? Like the, the idea of that, like if you just just sitting there doing something that's numbing you, right? right. Like it's not that's not the place you want to be. You want to be some doing something that's going to fill you up with right. good things, right? Like things that are like um like the verse, you know, um. Mm-hmm. Ah, crap. How's it go? Uh, the, like... doesn't go like that. Things that are honorable, right? Like, think about such things. How does that verse oh, go? Oh, that's Philippians 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the difference between that and then just whatever. <laughs> like, whatever show it happens to be on. Yeah, that, yeah. That, this is... Sarah Kavaja had a really good quote on that, of just saying, it shouldn't be numbing or distracting, but restorative and helpful. Yeah. Um, and so that you're, what you're going mm-hmm. at is, uh, Philippians four, verse eight, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy, uh, if there's anything, vir- uh, no, any virtue. And if there's anything praiseworthy and meditate on these things. And then verse nine, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, so be refocusing your mind on God. You know, if you have a prayer journal, take extra time to go through that and praise God for the things that you've seen happen throughout the week and pray for different things. And, you know, like those are the, those are the kinds of things that you would want to do is, is things that you know are going to be relaxing to you, um, yet are still glorifying to God. But when, when we talk about the Sabbath, the rest of the commandments of the Bible do not disappear. The Sabbath is not a separate command of, okay, you do, you follow all of these commands and on the Sabbath, you just follow this command, right? It's, you're still following the rest of the commands of the Bible. And on the Sabbath, you're doing all of you're you're following those commands, except you're resting yeah. rather than, uh, trying. To I, I really like things. the, I like, the, I think the, the best way of describing that is what you said earlier. It's, um, the week is about output and yeah. the Sabbath is about input. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And if you're, mm-hmm. if you're inputting garbage that's what comes out for right for yeah. the utmost of the heart the mouth speaks right if if the, if the thing you spend on the sabbath or whatever that day is going mm-hmm. to be for you if if all you do is is input garbage into your into your mind right. then that's all that will come out in that right. week so i mean yeah so always be paying attention and use that as an opportunity and don't waste it of if you if you have the opportunity to have a full day off and obviously you you know people can't always do that you know, they have certain responsibilities that, you know, they might have to get to. I would say find a way to not have those responsibilities on those days. Just do it. Just find a way to have a single day off, um, you know, because the Sabbath is still important, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not a command that, that faded with the new covenant. It's still something that we should be able to do. Um, and so, but, but it, you know, if you have that opportunity, if you know you can do this, don't waste it. Spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, let's we can go ahead and just kind of start wrapping it up. We had we had one more question that I did want to um, to cover. Um, Angel Rodriguez Rodriguez had a question for us. Um, so he is at at t Rodrang on Twitter. Uh, so go follow him because he's great. Um, Angel asks, "How can I grow a beard?" I thought that was I thought that was important. I think we need to we need to cover this so, for the sake of. Here's the thing. So, if you look at the rest of you like famous pastors, 
um, of our time, uh, like Charles Spurgeon, mainly specifically, uh, but also Jeff Durbin. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Right. Beard. Those two. Great Those beard. are the ones that we. Um, yeah. I mean, Pastor Gabe Hughes has a nice beard. Yeah. Pastor Gabe Hughes. Right. Um, Ray Comfort. So, yeah. Ray Comfort's got, he's got a solid beard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I know, I think, you know, other people have had beards before as well. So, you know, that's cool <laughs> yes, too. Yes. I, so, I imagine they had. They so, did. I mean, definitely. Jesus some, had a beard. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously a lot of really great pastors have had beards. Um, and so I think. How you grow a beard, since those are the pastors that we all look up to and know have really good theology, I think the answer to a beard is good theology. (laughs) I think the more you read your Bible and the more you study the word of God and the more you preach the gospel, the bigger your beard will grow. Um, And I I think that's why Charles Spurgeon had such a nice, nice beard. So how do you explain unbelievers who have richer beards than believers? Goats. Separating the goats among the sheep. sheep, uh, That you're supposed to be looking at their fruit. Obviously, one of those uh, um, fruit one is of those beards nice is beard, but also it's the fruit of the spirit. They they embody happening? all of those things. If they're not gentle and have self control and are loving and kind and you know all of these types of things, then obviously they have that beard, that fruit of the spirit, simply because, um, oh, uh, simply because uh, you know God is 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 trying to uh, like show the genuine from the disgenuine, right? So, so the false prophets have gone out into the world. That's bearded men. That's really what that verse is talking about. You took that way farther than I was expecting. You to. <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense though, doesn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you noticed that I closed my Bible and put it back up there. Yeah. Did not, yeah, not me was, corrupt it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we weren't talking, we weren't talking about the Bible there. For, yeah. But. So obviously that was a joke question and a very, very joke answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but if you want to grow a big beard, ask AJ. Yeah, or just send an email to Jeff Durbin. I don't know, man. This just happens. there's probably articles that you can look up for like right. how to grow beards. I, I mean, there might be. I mean, I'm sure there are just, products, but I don't know what, what if you really want to. These are natural grown beards. Right. We don't we so, don't put product in our, right. in our beards. Yeah, we do shampoo so. it though. Yes, we both shampoo our beards. You do? Like how how often? Uh, well, I mean, whenever I have leftover from up top, which is usual. Usually I have some leftover from washing my hair up top, so then I just I never have leftover from wa- washing my hair up top. No, no, weird. But I usually have longer hair than you, so that right. makes sense. True. Yeah. yeah. I so usually yeah, so. just I usually just put a little bit more. Right. Or, but not like only when it's like longer. Right. A lot of people think that's weird. A lot of girls think it's weird that we shampoo our beards. And Otherwise like, it gets gross. It's hair. Yeah, what it's hair. Do? Otherwise you it gets gross. It. Yeah. It's um, on my face and it's hair. I shampoo is gonna cover it at some point. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, a Carlo too in chat was Ben Jacobs. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Carl. Carlo too, the person who asked about the Sabbath, that was Ben. Ben Jacobs. Oh, but there's also a Benjamin K. Jacobs exactly. He well. changed his user. He changed his username. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. He he like he wrote in chat. He's like, oh, that was me. I'll, I'm changing my username because like it's, okay. it's, 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 it's confusing. Gotcha. What did yeah. he say anything to in response of? The question. Uh, um, was it a satisfactory answer? Uh, oh, yeah. He had one more thing that I wanted to bring. So when God rested on the Sabbath, was he just setting an example for us? Because I'm not. I'm sure that he did not necessarily need to rest. Oh, okay. So there's a couple of things right there. So obviously, God rested on the Sabbath yeah, specifically. That's why, right? That. Yeah. It, he was... Okay, so we get our, our day from morning and evening, yeah. also set in Genesis. We get our year from earth around the sun. Mm-hmm. Also um, set in Genesis. Also set in Genesis. Know. Um, we get our month from the, the moon, moon, which is also set in Genesis, and we get our work week set in Genesis as well. Um, from God worked six days and rested on the seventh. He could have done it like that. We know from the rest of Scripture 
you know, the miraculous, amazing things that he can do. Um, obviously, he could have done that. There's no reason why he couldn't have. But he specifically chose to do it to set up a, an example for us as a work week. Also, something to note, when it came down to the last week of uh, Jesus, Jesus' life on earth, he rested on the Sabbath. He, you know, did these certain things on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he had the Passover, the last supper, um, and, or Thursday, they had the last supper. And then Friday he poured the wine. He, you know, sacrificed himself. He poured out his blood for all of mankind and to just to, you know, save his chosen people. Um, and so that was that. And then while he was dead, he, he ascended. <laughs> what? He, no, he did. He rested. He went to I know, heaven I just, yeah. and sat at the right hand of God and rested on the Sabbath. And then on Sunday, he came back to finish his work. Hmm. And so even, even, so the two most important and greatest moments of all history would have been the cross and the creation, in, in my opinion. And I think obviously most I mean, Christians yeah, like could the, probably the agree with that. cross, resurrection, ascension, that right, whole that, that event, entire yeah. thing, that's the most important moment of all of history. And I'd yep. say the second most important moment of all of history be, was yeah. probably the creation, creation of the universe. So uh, in, Honestly, no. I think it would be this. It would be um, cross, resurrection, ascension, and right. then second coming. But the and second then, coming hasn't happened yet. Right. So we're talking but about in, history. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, but that's but history's yeah. already written. Well, by God, but exactly. we haven't experienced that part of history yet. So <laughs> I'm just when saying. we talk about history, we're talking past tense. So okay, the two fine. most important parts of all of So far in history. Man-known history. All right. Yes, man-experienced history. All right. Those I are the two most important there. parts of sure. all of history. Um, so, Followed by my birthday. What? <laughs> so anyway, so, so yeah, so God rested on in both of those weeks. And so God himself set up the work week and then Jesus practiced it even when he was dead. So no, Jesus he was Christ practicing in his active the obedience. Yeah. In his active yeah. obedience. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, uh, the Andrew Peterson song, God rested brought this to my mind mm. when he sang it. I was just kind of like, no way. Like that's incredibly <laughs> amazing because, uh, we had just recently gone through like a, uh, uh, like a kind of Bible study type thing. Uh, like th there was this like eight week, like video series that we did with some of the youth leaders and we talked oh, the about emotionally healthy, yeah, the emotionally oh, healthy yeah. spirituality yeah. thing where they talked about the Sabbath. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and so my mind had always been thinking about that, but there were some things that I disagreed with and I wasn't really sure how to like, how to form a Christ centered Cohesive thought on it. Uh, yeah, no, but like a gospel centered Christ centered view of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I gave it a lot of thought and then. I listened to Andrew Peterson's new music and the song God Rested, and I literally just started crying. I was like, no way. God God rested mm -hmm. on the Sabbath when he was dead. Like, even, even then, even in the most intense moment of all of history where the wrath of God was poured out on Christ and he was so stressed out about the whole thing, he was sweating blood, he still made time to rest on the Sabbath. <laughs> like, like, that's the most incredible thing ever to me. It was yeah. just like, yeah, I mean, and if, and if God did that, if Jesus Christ made time for the Sabbath mm -hmm. that week, so can you as a Christian. Yeah. Right. So I think that's, that's, up. that's the thing that we have to look back to, um, right. in 
where we're asking like what part of the the old covenant is is in the new covenant right. we have to look back at what jesus said about the covenants right. he, we, and, and we have to look at what he did what right. like how he acted how he right. fulfilled god's law mm-hmm. and so obviously because he fulfilled god's law one he had to fulfill it because he was our sacrifice right, right. he was but the also righteous. he had to fulfill the righteous requirements of the right law, but also it was to be an example for how we should live on earth mm-hmm. um right in the same way that you know jesus didn't have to rest god didn't have to rest right. same way jesus didn't have to get baptized but he did because right. it was an act of obedience towards towards the father and mm-hmm. he wanted to do it as an example mm-hmm. right for us uh but yeah so ben says that's it's it is a satisfactory answer so okay thank you so much guys and carly oh you made a distinction okay we're, yeah we're just the guys <laughs> carly is carly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, if we had another lady on the podcast and we could say the guys and, the and ladies yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just, I was, I was like, for a moment there, I was like, oh, what if when Emily, Emily comes, we do, but I was like, oh, she's coming on Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That would have been fun though. That would have been fun. Hey, Carly, what are you doing July 17th through the 21st? <laughs> Not flying to Janesville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've already had this conversation. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me sad. I believe I will be at another camp. Yeah. Well, good for you. But okay, is there any other questions or thoughts that we had or anything else we wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. There wasn't any any other questions, so. And it's 10:30. So. Yeah. <laughs> um 8:30 for Carly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we just started. We just started the podcast then. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's how time. That's not how time works, Scott. Right? Right? No. Work. Nope. <laughs> I'm so surprised you created the technology to be able to do this. <laughs> We're literally reaching back yeah, in time. Yeah, it's crazy. That's why there's such a lag. You guys gotta <laughs> realize there's only a lag because this technology is incredible. If we oh tried, to, like, we we could get like um uh like uh like George Whitfield or like Jonathan Edwards or, right. or or Charles Spurgeon on the podcast. Right. Um, but the lag would be so incredible that we would <laughs> we would ask him something and it would and take, take a couple of years for him to, him to respond so yeah i did ask a question of charles spurgeon a year ago we haven't reached the two-year mark yet so when when i do get the answer we'll we'll reveal it on the podcast oh, we'll probably try to live stream it but it might take a what, now there's, I a, write there's a, a, book there's about a few this. days of, of, of margin or a few day margin error yeah so we'd have to stream for like a few days and you'd just be staring at charles spurgeon's face for five days but he, he has a bearded face so it's you like know, one it frame every yeah every like uh so so if you want to tune in for that we will do that obviously the question was how do you grow such a massive beard and is it because of your knowledge of god and theology um or is in fact your beard a miracle directly from god my uh bets are on the latter yeah definitely if only that could have been our cold opening uh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> Here are some questions we're going to answer today. Does Charles Spurgeon's beard really a result of theology? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, you guys have any have anything else you want to bring up before we uh, close it out? Uh, read your Bibles. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, this has been The Christian Artist. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show at Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show or at our website at Christian Artist Show. 
youtube.com i'll try to get a, this episode up um on youtube and the podcast soon um because um abby was just uh wrote on on the post that we were going live and she's like oh no i missed my question i'll have to catch you later ah, gotcha. um and so uh yeah i'll try to get those up soon so you can you can give it a listen abby uh thanks again for all of the questions i uh, super appreciate it guys and uh and the uh engagement in chat we, we yes. always love that um yeah, so awesome. uh yeah a good comeback good comeback for the podcast um yeah. i'm looking forward to next week uh we are for next week is that is that a thing yes okay cool i believe so we should figure out what we're <laughs> going to talk about check my calendar. uh after after we we stop going live we should we should have a conversation about that so we're not having it on <laughs> yeah. sunday nah, um, <laughs> we'll just figure it out 20 like next week this time no yeah <laughs> uh yeah i think i think that is it though um this has been the christian artist uh thank you guys for watching and have a great week bye